world is stirred with the spirit of war. So we've been reading a lot about in the last days, how there'll be wars and rumors of wars. And here she's talking about how the world is already stirred with the spirit of war. And if we look around us today, we can definitely see that. You know, it seems like on every continent, somebody's fighting someone else. And uh, there's constantly wars going on wherever you look. So we'll start off with a word of prayer. Uh, Lakita, would you offer us the word of prayer, please? Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we are so grateful that you woke us up today, dear Lord, to see another day, Lord. We um, ask that you will be with us as we study your word, that we will understand it, and that, that let us um, see the times in which we live and to understand the times that we're living in, that Jesus is soon to come. In Jesus' name we pray and praise you always. Amen. Amen. Now, this is says starts out, world stirred with the spirit of war, the prophecy of the 11th chapter of Daniel which I'm sure we've read before, has nearly reached complete fulfillment. Soon the scenes of trouble spoken of in the prophecies will take place. So, of course, Daniel was talking about the various kingdoms that would take over uh, throughout history. And then at the last days, of course, the coming of Christ. It says, I was shown the inhabitants of the earth in utmost confusion, war, bloodshed, privation, want, famine, and pestilence were abroad in the land. Has anybody seen any of those things going on in the world? Privation, pestilence, famine, war. Oh, yeah, right yeah, it's happening all the time. It says my attention was then called from that scene. There seemed to be a little time of peace. What do you think about that? The little time of peace, she points out. You ever heard of anything about a little time of peace coming? Yeah, uh, in the Bible, there was an um, army that had surrounded, I think it was Jerusalem, they surrounded Jerusalem, and then the Lord had told the people that when they pulled back, then the people, there was their chance to get, well, to get out, you know, don't worry about what you have, what you own, just get out at that point, and then they would live, but if not, they were going to be taken advantage of. Right, that was at the destruction of Jerusalem, where the Roman soldiers came in and they were uh, they were camped outside the city. And then it seemed like the troops pulled back. And the Lord said, when that happens, all the inhabitants, God's people better get out of there. And thankfully the people listened to what God had told them. You know, as we always say in these classes, uh, discipleship classes, God's prophecies and his promises are going to come true, whether you believe it or not. So he told them to leave and they did. And so none of God's people were harmed during that destruction of Jerusalem time. Because and I think, go ahead. I think too, that's when they took the Ark of the Covenant out of the city too. Okay. And so once that time, of, once they pulled back, then of course they quickly came back, surrounded the city and ended up destroying everything there. Um, is there another time a priest predicted to, to happen in the midst of a lot of struggle and war and confusion? Mm. Have you ever heard the phrase, um, there will be, people will say peace and safety? Mm -hmm. the and mm -hmm. Right. During the last days, there will be all this strife and war and pestilence happening. And then the preachers and people in charge will be saying, oh, it's peace and safety. Everything's, everything's fine. We have no problems, et cetera. And that's just a warning that things are really about to jump off. 
So once more, the inhabitants of the earth was presented to her. And again, it went right back to strife, war, bloodshed, famine everywhere. And all type, all other nations were engaged in this. And uh, says, then men's hearts failed them for fear, for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. You know, a heart attack is one of the leading killers, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the causes of heart attack? Worry. 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 What did you say, Karen? Anxiety, fear, of course, clogged arteries. Yeah, there are some physical reasons, and then there are some emotional or psychological reasons. Anxiety, fear, thinking about tomorrow, worry, all those things play a part. So that's men's hearts failing them for, for fear. Let's look you know, Wait a minute. You know what I just thought about, too, Lee? What's that? There's a lot of people who are in denial of the truth right now. They're in denial about things like global warming and all that kind of stuff. And those are the people that are trying to gain control of the government right now, mm. you know? And so when you think about it and you say, okay, they're preaching peace and safety. Oh, you don't have to worry about it. There was a lot of people that didn't believe the, you know, coronavirus. Right. Yeah. A lot of people in Trump's camp that say, oh, you don't have to worry about things like that. Or you don't have to worry about global warming. You don't have to, you know, a lot of people just close their eyes and their minds to the truth. And so right. it's saying, peace and safety that kind of tells me or that kind of it's like a forewarning that those are going to be the people that are going to take over the government and they're going to be right. saying they're going to be saying you don't have to worry about that stuff when the truth is plain and evident you do have to worry about that stuff yeah we do and think about this not only are those the people who will be taken over there are already people in government that feel that way not just in america but around the globe a lot of leaders Many of the leaders disbelieve in global warm, warming. Many of the other country leaders um, disbelieved in the coronavirus. You know, things that, that people are trying to warn about. They're just saying, oh, no, everything's good. We all, everything's going great. And that's just a trick for the devil to get you not to, not to watch and pray as the Lord tells us to do and mm -hmm. just end up being caught unawares as it says. Uh, let's look over on the next chapter, Spiritual Darkness. And that's paragraph 55.2, Spiritual Darkness. Now, I was reading this first sentence. Take a listen to this and tell me what strikes you about this sentence. It says, there is a time of spiritual darkness in the churches of the world. Ignorance of divine things has hidden God and the truth from view. What uh, strikes you about that? those sentences? Say it again. Says this is a time of spiritual darkness in the churches of the world. Ignorance of divine things has hidden God and the truth from view. What strikes you about those sentences? Well, first of all, that you're dealing with the church. Right. And second of all, that you're ignorant of divine things in the church. It reminds me of the coin that was lost in the house. Mm -hmm. You know? I'm thinking about... Um... Spiritual darkness, you know, remember back in the day when they were um, torturing those mm -hmm. dark ages. in the dark ages. But this is not bought, brought about by people preventing you from knowing about the Bible. This is brought about by, by willful choice. You know, ignorance of divine things has hidden God in the truth from you. You know, 
I listened mm-hmm. to Al Sharpton the other day. Um, and they had on, um, it was about three moderators and he was one of them. He was the fourth person on there. And they were all Caucasian males <laughs> and older males too. And they were saying um, that one knew why they had um, the alt-right people were upset. It doesn't have anything to do with race. That the first thing, so that's something, that's my own pet peeve. I got to go on and walk past that. But anyway, it didn't have anything to do with race, but that the people feel like finally their voice is being heard. You know, finally, you know, someone is listening to them. That's what he was saying, you know, and then, uh, and he was talking about how, you know, that how um, they were just, people were just uh, fed up with all of the liberalism or whatever, you know, else it is. And that one of the ministers, uh, one minister that he knew said that he knows that what they're doing is wrong. But mm. if he gets up there and says, you know, like the uh, election wasn't stolen or whatever, if he gets up there and say that, then he will have no more parishioners, which, you know, Al Sharpton didn't like that. You know, so he spoke up and was like, well, that's their job. You know, they, this is not a contest for of popularity as a pastor. You're not, you're supposed to be up there telling the truth mm-hmm. and helping people find the truth in God. So I can see where, how the ministers are, you know, choosing to not know or to not acknowledge the truth in, in, in all situations. Yeah, and we know that ministers have a higher calling by God because they're to be the teachers of God's word. And if you're leading, leading the flock astray, you are going to pay the price for that. You know, but yeah, I was looking at that too. And I'll say the same thing, Karen. This is not talking about spiritual darkness out in the world. This is in the church. And it seems so ironic because in the church is where the word of God is, is where you have the preachers and the pastors, is where people are supposed to be studying their Bibles, but and yet there's still spiritual darkness. And as Lakita pointed out, ignorance, just not knowing, you know, it's just sad that, that that's being said about the church because churches were called as churches and church members and uh, as Christians to spread the gospel message, which means we need to know something about it before we can spread it. How in the world can a person be in the church and yet spiritually dark? That's happening every day. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about the fact that the Bible says one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So why do we have so many different religions and different doctrines anyway? Mm -hmm. Um. Spiritual darkness, because people, and I guess this is answering both of those questions, because people aren't studying the Bible. People Mm -hmm. are coming to the Bible with, uh, how should I be saved, Lord? Or, Lord, what what needs I do? They're not coming with that in their minds. They're coming to find out, to um, A, be comforted for whatever crisis they're in at that moment, or then B, to uh, justify what they're doing. They're looking for that one verse in there that almost sounds like could be possibly related to whatever thing they want to justify doing. So that's why in the church is gross darkness. And you know how people can sit uh, while we have so many different religions because people don't want to do what God is saying. Mm. So they're looking for the one that best fits their conscience. 
Right. And people will tell you that. Oh, I'm sorry. Best ease is their conscience. <laughs> right. And best fits their actions. Right. People are telling you, tell, say that, you know, find a church that suits you. Also, uh, historically speaking, a lot of churches, the way they got started was people would grasp one or two things out of the Bible and just focus mainly on that. And um, instead of working together, you know, as God wants us to do, instead of working together and discussing things together and studying together to come to a knowledge of the meaning of truth through the Holy Spirit's power, people say, oh, I, I really like this part. I like the part about baptism. So I'm going to form a church based around baptism, which is where you get the Baptists. And then, oh, I like what Martin mm -hmm. said. So we're going to follow Martin Luther. And now you got the Lutherans. And oh, I like that there seems to be a method to, to being saved. So now you got the method mm -hmm. Wesleyans. And it just goes on and on. Instead of people coming together to discuss and cooperate and come to a, as you said, one faith and one one Lord, one baptism, coming to one faith, everybody just picks and chooses and say, Burger King. <laughs> over here. I'm going to start a church over here mm -hmm. at over 300 something religions, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just very interesting. And the truth is, uh, Lakita was saying about how people are choosing something that they agree with. I was giving uh, Bible studies to some people down at the office a couple, several years ago. And so as we were going through the studies, you know, I could tell, you know, when you're studying with somebody, you can tell they're getting the message, you know, and they know what you're saying and they understand it and, and actually believe that is true. And so I was talking to them about um, baptism or joining a, a church or whatever. And one of the guys, he told me, he says, uh, he was looking for a church. And I said, well, make sure that you study Make sure that the church that you go to believes in all of God's holy Bible, et cetera, et cetera. And so he found a church. I said, oh, great. What church did you go to? So he told me the name of the church. I said, well, why did you choose that? He says, because they got a good daycare for my kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like. That's not what you told him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was what he was concerned with. And like we we're just saying, people go to where they fit in with what they believe already, or it doesn't condemn their actions, you know, but the word of God is a two-edged sword. It's going to condemn your actions, but then it points out the truth to you and soothe the, soothes the wounds that it makes. But if we're not truly seeking God's word, if we're not really desiring to do what is right, it's very easy to just get comfortable and say, well, if I join this church, I can still do everything I want to do and feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's where you end up with people in the church spiritually in spiritual darkness, just ignorant of divine things. And uh, another thing, too, we have to be very careful that we're not coming to church, hearing the word of God and then leave in the same way we came. You mm -hmm. know, uh, Jesus mentioned the parable of is doing that is like a person who looks in the mirror, sees his reflection, but then doesn't change, just goes on out like everything is great. So mm -hmm. we hear God's word speaking to us, and we just choose to keep doing our same old things, well, we're going to end up in spiritual darkness. Sad to say. A little bit farther down, it says, 
And I thought this was interesting too. While partial inactivity has come upon the church, Satan and his hosts are intensely active. Yeah. Intensely active, not just active. Satan and his evil angels are out doing their, their best. But while partial inactivity has come upon the church, you know, another thing too, and we talk about the church of Laodicea, is like people don't really want to be active. They just want to come, hear some music, hear a sermon maybe, and go home. You know, I think um, I think that this here um, sleepiness that we have on us, <laughs> that this pall of sleep that is, uh, is trying to encompass everybody, I think people don't realize how fast life goes. You know what I mean? Like, you just, by the time you wake up all of this slumber, you like in your 60s or 70s, and you don't have the energy or ability at that point, you know, but while you're young, while people are young, it's like you're so distracted. You got so much. It's in your kids, a car, job, all this stuff, but you're really not living. You mean not mm. really, because you're just going through, most people are just going through the motions of getting up, getting dressed, going to work, coming home, cooking dinner, <laughs> putting the kids in the, in the um, bathtub, uh, and then going to bed. It's like a rut. It's a rut. It's a rut. And then when you retire, you'll be like, your, your children are 35. They're doing the same thing you were doing. And you like, wake up, y'all, man. Life is so fast. You know, it's going to go so quick. They'll wake up for a moment and say, uh-huh, turn back over, go back to sleep, get back in that rut mm. and stuff. I think that's really the tragic thing about this whole thing is that um, it's no new, no new tricks. It would be different if it was something new created to, you know, to take our attention, but everybody's mm. doing the same thing. The devil don't need any new tricks. The old ones still work. What can we do to combat inactivity in the church in terms of spiritual activity, you know, evangelism, teaching, preaching, reaching out to people, leading others to Christ? What can we do to combat that inactivity? Amen. Pray, yeah. Mm. Anything else we can do? Well, before you go there, I wanted, I wanted to read the next sentence. Mm-hmm. The professed Christian churches are not converting the world, but they are themselves corrupted with selfishness and pride. They need to feel the converting power of God in their midst before they can lead others to a pure or higher standard. The only thing we have in our arsenal, as far as I'm concerned, is that people will pray that people will feel the converting and power of the Lord. Because what else is there? So you say... Prayer for the converting influence and power of the Lord. Mm-hmm. What, what can combat inactivity? Uh, for others. Now, if you're talking about for ourselves, then yes, we need to pray and act. We can't act for other people, but for ourselves, we can pray and then do what God tells us to do, whatever that is. Hmm. Has anybody noticed any inactivity? Maybe you're a member of a church that's really active. No, we're not. we should we should actively let people know like i'll let them know about stuff that i'm doing and i need some help if you're willing to help you know i'm asking them can you help would you like to do this or like to do that 
and give some ideas. You know, they some people say, yeah, well, and they don't like follow up or don't, but I think they're not interested. I can't make you be interested, but I can let you know that there's a need for, you know, some activity over here that will kind of ease some of the work that I'm doing. I don't want to be the only mm -hmm. one. And, and I think that's a, you know? Right. And I think that's another thing is that people come to the table. Let's say that, like, um, Andre, you said, hey, you know, I fixed this big old dinner. You know, and we need people to come and help us eat it. Because you put it like that, because we need people to come and help us eat it. It's like, oh, it's a job. You know, he just wants somebody to eat that food. <laughs> not coming over there to eat that food. You know, it, everything that could be happy and joyful for them. You know, like who wouldn't want to learn about all those buttons on the key on the key thing you got? Well, it actually, it actually sounds more like come help you fix the dinner. <laughs> Yeah, it's well. That it's almost like they take it that way. It doesn't, but it's it's um. I just it's sad to me because I'm where the Bible says I feel like I was this. I once was blind. I was there too. Like, oh, uh, you know, it's work. Uh, they want me to do some work, 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 work. You know, and I don't know where that came from, but then some kind of way the Lord blessed me and helped me to see that. It's to my benefit to be doing the work that I do, whatever that work is. You know, it's to my benefit to be encouraging people. Because, you know, as the more I learn about like our emotions and um, our attitude, how that affects our physical health, our physical well being, you know, then we can't afford to be complaining and, and upset because somebody's asking you to learn something new because that's basically what you're saying. Let me right. do something new. Let's, let me put something interesting in your life. But no, everybody's looking like looking over to the left at this church or that church. They can they mm -hmm. this over there. You can start that same program right over here. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, elaborate starting off. But, right. you know, Sometimes I think people don't recognize their talents. And I was really happy to see one of our members today yes. participating mm -hmm. in the communion service as a uh, deaconess, deaconess, and because she had taken the spiritual gifts inventory and being a deaconess was one of the areas that her gifts lie in. And she took initiative to say, I'm going to work with the deaconess. You know, she could have very easily, uh, like we we're just talking about, learned that she had a gift in this area and didn't do anything about it, you know, but she fought off the inactivity and went and became active. And I was really glad to see that we are planning another, uh, we're planning an upcoming day for spiritual gift inventory, where everybody, we're trying to get everyone in the church to take the inventory, see where their gifts are and where they would be helpful in the church, and then invite them to join these different departments to be an active church member and to not just be a pew warmer, you know, but to be out on the battlefield for the Lord and using those gifts that God gives you, you know, mm -hmm. and Lakita's always pointing out that people don't realize when they, God gives them gifts, they can use them in church and out of church. Mm -hmm. So if you're gifted in an area, you can use that. If you're already occupied, you can use it in your job or you can use it to create another job. Mm -hmm. for yourself. Mm -hmm. Your gifts don't have to just stay in the church. Mm -hmm. You can use those gifts everywhere. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I've told several people they help with the media stuff and all the different cameras and set up different things. You probably could go apply at maybe a TV station. It's not right. a producer position, but maybe an intern. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or- it might be. It might lead to producing. Right, right. So I was looking at I was looking at you today, Andre up there saying 15 seconds and 14, then doing your little countdown. I was like, man, that's like a real producer. That's like a real person doing, you know, like a real director of some show right. or something. That's like, exactly right. Because there's a countdown actually going that the people at home see. And when it gets to zero, they're expecting to see a live audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what we're actually doing. It's live on the internet. So, and I know I'm pretty sure that some people, maybe some of our students, are in um, in school and they're learning about camera work, or maybe we got some people doing some pre legal studying, or some counseling studying, or some sales uh, department studying, and they can learn that, you know, build up on those skills in church by being active in church. Helping out. Churches are like run like businesses too. We need legal help. We need video help. We need some marketing and advertising help. And of course, the members need some uh, uh, mental assistance too, mental health assistance. We got a lot of people in the health field. So why not learn talents, uh, learn what your talents are, use them in the church and out of the church. Mm-hmm. Nothing's stopping you. You can mm-hmm. use every talent you have in church just as well as out of the church. You know, what would be nicely would be a spiritual mm-hmm. gift workshop there. Because that's what we're doing. You know what I was thinking about, Karen? It's like they want to do a lunch downstairs. Is that why I give you like a bag lunch downstairs when they do this? And I was thinking each table, like for example, y'all can have media team table, we have mm-hmm. table, uh, mm-hmm. I have to, and then you can have the choir music team. Um, mm-hmm. You, and then people, if you're interested in whatever your gift come out to be, or you can have that, take the uh, spiritual gift inventory. Maybe, I don't know how y'all can do it, before you go downstairs or whatever, and then come down for your lunch and visit the table where your gifts is at to talk about mm-hmm. your service and what their interests are, what your interests are. I think that would yeah. be pretty we cool. We have little ta- um, tags or little mm-hmm. signs on the table mm-hmm. saying media department mm-hmm. or... You know what? I'm almost seeing it like I'm almost seeing it like how they do speed dating, where everybody yeah one of the tables. Oh, yeah. be really nice. Tables, you switch tables. Everybody switches to a different table. You know, yeah, but you only want Karen. I'm thinking about you only want people talking to you that actually wants to be in media. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it, but, but like Lee said, some whoever said it, some people may not know that they're interested until you sit down and somebody that's in there. Yeah, once we do the inventory, it'll tell them their top three talents. And then we can switch tables, but you go to the table where your talent can be used and talk to those people in those departments. It would be really nice. You know, I think that's a good, that's going to be a real nice day. I'm hoping we can do it in June. Uh, Mm -hmm. May is already over and there's so much going on. But June, hopefully we'll get that done. For years, because people go home, you know, they ship, they go, they take people home to their house for dinner. For years, it, I just struggled with it. I invite people home, but I hated every minute of it. I just hated it, you know. <laughs> and so when I take the spiritual image, that's just not my gift. 
Mm. Like and I, <laughs> and I really think, I do think that contributes to people leaving the church because they're trying to fit themselves into doing stuff that's, you know, somebody asked them to be a teacher. They don't like it. They don't mm. like it. They don't want to do it. You know, they just, they just want to be a member in the, in the class, mm. not teach. Too many folks fitting square pegs into round holes. Mm-hmm. Once we take the inventory and that inventory works really well. I mean, that thing of, It'll nail your top three talents off the bat. And then it shows you these talents are very helpful in these different departments. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really nice. I want to get everybody in the church to do it because we don't want people just sitting there and then going home and not being an active Christian. You know, we don't want anybody to be inactive and just sit there on the pews. Everybody has a talent. Everybody is a soul winner. We just have to get activated and get out there. The Lord says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And some of the people that we're looking at, you know, who are sitting down, you know, we think resting, they might just be burnt out because they have been used and used and used and used. Well, not not used and used, Karen, but I mean, um, um, <laughs> into these into uh, places and jobs that don't suit them. And so they just, they just worn out because they, mm-hmm. but you know, like when you're doing what you like, you can hang in there longer, but I do think we, yeah. need, we need training programs for our people. Still. I'm looking forward for, uh, to that. Uh, let's look at next paragraph down it says in our day, just like in the old days, the vital truths of God's word are set aside for human theories and speculations. Many professed ministers Many professed ministers of the gospel do not accept the whole Bible as the inspired word. And we learned something about that this morning in Sabbath school study about how many professed ministers believe in creation evolution because they don't accept that part of the Bible as inspired. And they rather believe in um, evolution of man from monkeys. And like Pastor um, Helvius Thompson used to say, you can be a monkey's uncle if you want to. but. He chooses to believe in the word of God. So uh, people are setting aside God's word, which is, again, has always proven to be true for human theories. And many times you hear these different groups being formed, uh, people joining these various groups, and then you find out what do these people believe? And it's something that sounds really foolish, something that really sounds really stupid, but it's a human theory. And people would rather believe this foolish human theory before they would believe the the, uh, holy word of God. And it's just really sad uh, when people are basically choosing man over God. And, you know, and that's going to be the choice of the last days. Are you going to choose God or are you going to choose the world? Are you going to choose Satan? And people are already doing that. You know, Uh, what's the latest group? Uh, following human theories that anyone has heard of, anybody heard of? yeah, or a group or cult that they're basically following human theories. I, I know I mentioned at Sabbath school, some of y'all were on there about these astron- astronomers, and they were talking about all the various worlds and planets. And yeah, we know through inspired word that there are other worlds out there, but they just started making up pictures of who was on it and how long these people had been there, 
what uh, that they, they how they functioned, you know, and their lifestyle. And I'm like, these people are just making up man's theories. These are all theories of man. God never said anything about that. And they got a lot of people following them. And there are plenty of people who just follow what a man says, but refuse to accept the holy uh, scriptures that God has given us. It's just really sad. A lot of people dying because of it, too. Uh, remember Jonestown? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was really sad. People got away from the Holy Bible and started believing this man's theories. And um, what was the people with the, the, there used to be the group called Yahweh, Ben Yahweh, mm-hmm. got away from the scriptures, start following what he said to do, human theories. And, you know, I know people don't like this, but the entire Catholic church system, human theory, that's not God's word. Yeah. But there are thousands of people following human theories and speculation you know, people following the human theory that there is no afterlife, that, you know, you go straight to heaven as soon as you die, all kind of human theories out there that you come back, you know, as an animal, and then you just keep repeating that cycle until you finally do well enough to become uh, uh, inter nirvana, I think they call it. So there's so many human theories out there and speculations, but we have to accept God's holy word because God has already proven his word is true. And if people don't want to believe, maybe they don't want to believe what you say or what the Bible says, they can go to history and history will also say exactly what God's word says. You know, it takes some effort and a lot of people just plain lazy. They don't want to put in the effort. So they'll just take the easy way out and say, well, like I had said earlier, well, this, this church has a good daycare, so I'll just go here and be happy. And there's so many people going to be going to Christless graves because they chose man over God. Any thoughts on that? Well, uh, first off, sorry I was late. Today was a busy weekend because of Mother's Day, but um, I think I'm in the right place on the lesson. But what you were talking about is that all those can be categorized as Satan's counterfeit. I mean, mm-hmm. this thing is pretty much black and white. It really is. Either you either you follow the Lord or you're not. And um, a lot of people grasp on these things because it doesn't require a lot from them. Um, and some of these, w- w- the way people follow cults, like you were talking about Jim Jones, he actually had a Venice background, which they lauded on television. That's the first time I ever heard Seven Day SDA on TV was in, you know, going to wrap us up in conjunction with him, which is also perpetrating, just works for the enemy. Oh, yeah, they are a cult. But um, to have those people sell everything they had for men to give up their wives and daughters over to this man while telling them they needed to be celibate, moving them to Africa. Mm. And then you know, and then killing all those people with the drink, the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's where that term was coined, I believe. And even those who, who refused to or didn't want, they, the parents were told, give it to your children first. If you didn't refuse, they would shoot you. All that kind of stuff. How you? It's like, how does a person give up their will like that to mm. a person, but won't submit to God? Mm. Um, 
I probably didn't answer your question, but that's the first thing that <laughs> yeah. in my mind when you when you uh, brought that up. Yeah, that was exactly the, what we're talking the devil. about. Yeah, every any human theory is the devil's theory. It's very true, and he has so many ways. Just recently, there they've been finding a bunch of. Uh, they found what so far ninety three bodies buried in Africa, and this this cult leader was killing these people, telling them to starve to death to see Jesus. That was, that was him, human theory. But you notice he didn't starve himself to death. He's still walking around, but so far they found 93 bodies of people that were trying to starve themselves to see Jesus. Just following human theories and speculation. And Paul, another person they said, made sure they said was Adventist was David Koresh in Waco. They just kept bringing that up every time. <laughs> it's like, will y'all leave that alone? But they just, you know, it's just sad. There are, there are so many beliefs that the mind has no right to entertain. Mm -hmm. It's sad, just sad to say. Mm -hmm. uh, let's move down to, this is at paragraph 55.4. You know, you know, Go ahead. When, when we accept anything other than righteousness by faith, you know, um, you can't do anything of yourself to get to heaven. So when we accept anything outside of that, and like we teeter-totter on this sometimes with, you know, uh, people want to emphasize what we do, what we have to do to get to heaven. Mm. And really the only requirement is that we accept Jesus as the Lord of our lives and um, follow him. That's it. Yeah. Here's a 55.4. Wickedness is reaching a height never before attained Real. and still many ministers of the gospel are crying peace and safety but she's advising us to go forward with our work of advancing the gospel of christ never cease in our warfare until every soul within our reach has received the message of truth for this time and i was pointing out that part where it says within our reach everybody has a reach of people around them that they can contact i don't have to the people that you know might not be in my contact reach. The people overseas might not be within my reach. But there are people that I can speak to, that I can contact, who I need to be sharing the message of truth with. And uh, says there is a cause for alarm in the condition of the religious world today. God's mercy has been trifled with, trifled with, because people are teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. And, you know, you have to be very careful um, sometimes you'll hear uh, a leader say, this is the way we do things. And what it really is, it's not scriptural. It's just something that has been a habit, something that's been uh, a doctrine, uh, something that's been done frequently. So it's not a commandment. And people are still teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. So again, we go all the way back to what we always say. Everyone has to listen to the Holy Spirit for themselves. Be persuaded in your own mind what is right according to what God is telling you and according to his word and his testimony. Because people might really believe something, but that doesn't make it right according to God's word. I might really be fervently and honestly and sincerely telling you this is how it is. And I might be sincerely and honestly wrong. So again, Every person has to make their own decisions, and that, that will keep you from being caught up with being uh, taught doctrines 
just uh, basically they're just commandments of, of men. Oh, I heard I heard oh, this, this mm -hmm. um, show that I watch sometimes, and the one one guy is talking to the guy, and he's like, I can't lie about it. He said, sure you can. He said, I'm not as good as lying about it as you are. And he tells us, <laughs> he said, it's not a lie if you believe it. Yeah. And I said, what in the world? That is some crazy. Mm -hmm. But think about it. You know, they want you to pass these polygraph tests. And it's like, well, how do you do that? Or they're looking at your your mannerisms or they, they're watching your, your, your blood rate or your heart rate if that changes, and if you really truly believe a lie, you might be able to pass that, that kind of a test. But when people tell you this stuff, that's why we always have always been told, study the show thyself approved, mm -hmm. because you just sit there and listen to anybody talk, be it the pastor on the way down to the, to the deacons or whatever. Sometimes there's some things in there that they're saying, it's like, wait a minute, does the Bible really say that? We are supposed to go study for ourselves. You don't know what you're hearing out there or even in the church. Right. That's very true. Study to show yourself approved. And um, some of our, let's see, what you're saying about is not a lie if you believe it. Uh, that's either the Costanza effect or the Ronald yep. Reagan effect. Right. Costanza. Ronald Reagan did the same thing. You know, he, he was saying, hey, you know, I, like he, he was on trial for something. And he just kept saying a very vague reply to the, mm -hmm. as far as I know, or as best of my ability to, or right. I can't recall. I know he kept saying, I can't recall a lie because mm -hmm. he knew he was lying and he didn't want to just blatantly say he was lying. And there are some people who will blatantly lie to you, but it's better if you don't blatantly lie to people because they'll catch you. But if you mix a little error with the truth, then it's a little harder to catch. In fact, this uh, next paragraph down, it says, infidelity prevails in many of the churches in our land. Again, I find that so striking that this is talking about churches. Mm -hmm. Not infidelity in its broadest sense, an open denial of the Bible is not openly saying the Bible is not true, but the infidelity that's robed in the garb of Christianity while undermining faith in the Bible as a revelation from God. So those Christians who say, I believe in the Bible, and yet deny the power thereof. They say, yeah, that's true, and yet they're not following what it says. Yeah, I believe it, but I'm not going to do it. So it's not openly saying I don't believe it, but our actions, right. our actions come from our beliefs, right? Right. So you're saying I don't believe it by your actions. And it says fervent devotion and vital piety have given place to just hollow formalism. How many times have you heard a person say, I go to church because my grandma brought me to church all the time and now it's a habit. They're not coming because they love the Lord or because they enjoy the fellowship or they want to study more about God. It's, it's just hollow formalism. I'm just coming because this is the way I was brought up. I have no real interest in it. I have no real concern for God. Right. This is just a habit to me. Right. Every weekend I go to a church. That's it. And it's funny too if you notice uh, a lot of criminals, especially the mafia, <laughs> they out here lying, cheating, stealing, killing, and yet they make sure they're in church on Sunday. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that's crazy. 
when I saw back in um, February when we was watching those videos about the slaves and where all the slaves were brought to before they got on the ships in these dungeons underneath the sanctuary. Now, how you having church? Yeah. You having church up here, mm-hmm. but you're treating these other folks down below, right below us. Yeah. I just don't understand how you can sing a hymn and treat people <laughs> like that. It's sad, but true. Again, hollow formalism, not, you know, saying that you believe in God, but denying the power thereof. And we have to be very careful at that. It says the world is fast becoming ripe for destruction. And soon the judgments of God are to be poured out and sin and sinners are to be consumed. So as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the son of man returns. And it's getting there. We see it every day. Like you can't go through a news cycle without seeing something new that you never would have thought happened. Or right. you're, um, you know, as soon as you get on your computer, the news feed pops up and it's always something that you scratch your head and say, hmm, somebody did that. There's some crazy things going on in the world. And yes. just to add, add fire to the uh, fuel to the fire. Think about if it's this bad now, what's going to happen when the Lord releases his hold on winds of strife? My goodness. It's full rain. It's going to be stuff you cannot believe happening. And it's going to happen rapidly, too. Mm -hmm. And that's a blessing. That's a blessing by itself that it happens rapidly. So hopefully fewer people are destroyed because of it. But it's definitely an opportunity for prayer. It's definitely an opportunity to for us to spread the gospel message, definitely an opportunity for us to explain to people what their feeling is coming is the second coming of Christ. So we want to take advantage of that opportunities that trial and tribulation afford us to draw closer to Christ and to share him with others. Uh, any final comments? Yeah, it's always amazing to me. These writings, it, it looks like she wrote this today. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I was like, she would, what would Ellen G. White think? This is 100 years ago, right? That mm-hmm. What we're reading is about 100 years old. Yep. What would her thoughts be today? How far we've come. At least there was some restraint in her in her time. You know, people had shame or had pride in what they did or believed in. All of those are wiped away. We increased in knowledge and we decreased in, in the things of God, the moral things of God. And um, like you said, it's, it's speeding up now. When like the, the roll of tape is at the end of the tape, you know how it speeds up before it shuts off? Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. And I would, you know, I would just love to think what she thought of things today. Yeah, it's a lot to think about. Somebody actually mentioned that in Sabbath school. They said the more knowledge increases, what they say? The more uh, people with more knowledge don't believe in God. Yeah, the more knowledge increases, the less people believe in God. Well, I think there's a scripture that says is similar to that. Yeah, just sad. You know, um, you know, I don't know if you've heard about the new AI push, but the mm-hmm. AI is going so fast that it's scaring the people that are developing, which is really crazy to me. Yep. They're afraid of their own technology to the mm-hmm. point they're asking everybody that's developing these AI uh, um, devices or technologies 
to just stop for yeah, pump the brakes, right? Pump the brakes for about six months and let's pull together and get a hold on this because it's taking off too fast, even faster than the developers are putting it in place. The, the AIs are being able to discern or kind of figure out certain things when you, in, 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 in like, I guess in maybe 10 years ago to now, they would develop how this stuff would work. If this happens, then you do this, but they would put that in. These things are so intelligent now that they're coming up and figuring out stuff on their own. It's like, wait a minute, we can't let the technology take over us. So they're slowing it down. That's how fast it's going. That's just like a sci-fi movie. And and here we are. But that but what they what we know and they don't understand, the reason why this thing is getting away from them is because it was not their creation. Mm. You know, everything, like I say, is black and white. Either it's on yeah. God's side or it's not. I'm not yeah. saying technology, because we're doing technology now, and it's a good thing to spread the word. I've, I ha- I've been to three sermons today. You know, uh, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. but the devil is busy. He's the prince of the air. Yep. Yeah. Mercy, liable to be like Terminator, rise of the machines. So what are they afraid of will happen with these things? What, what do they think is going to happen? Well, because they can't control it. It's getting out of their control. That, and that's the whole thing. If you're a developer, you develop how this thing is going to work. But because AI is starting to figure out, you, you're creating something that can figure it out on its own. And after a while, they're not going to have any control over it. And so they're losing control over how this stuff is starting to work. And they're like, wait a minute. Slow down. It's getting ready to start running us um, instead of us running it. So they're losing control. And that's what they're afraid of. Right. Suppose you, we get on, and an, again, a big sci-fi fan. I admit it, Lord have mercy. <laughs> Suppose I'm trying to log on to, 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 to this class today, and my computer decides it doesn't want me to watch it. I mean, it doesn't want me to participate. <laughs> by some algorithm you know what i'm saying because you know i'm just putting it out there because it says last week you had other things to do around this time and so it's saying to itself you probably need those things to do this week so you can't log on to lee's class now because you need to be doing these other things it's like wait a minute i decide on what goes on each and every sabbath you don't decide what that happens and what? and so that's kind of the thing lee that's happening it's deciding on maybe your past experiences or your or your past, uh, um, um, I guess, tasks or things that you that you've done before at this time. So it says, no, I'm not going to let you log on. I'm going to protect you from yourself. No, you don't determine what I do. I determine what I do. It's already happening. Um, yeah. That type of uh, uh, was it called? Algorithms have been yeah. already designed. Like Netflix. If I watch one Nigerian movie. Or one Korean movie, and I have a, a, a eclectic taste. I like the British stuff. I like all of it. Right. And that's all I will, will pop up in my feed. I'm like, I don't speak Korean. Where you know, <laughs> and it, so it's already been in, and it's market driven because it goes to you know ultimately what makes the most money. And um, the but like um, brother Andre was saying. If the the so-called creators or the developers of this technology is afraid of their own uh, program, 
that yeah. ought to give up. You know, we should really be on our knees because we have discerning eyes. Men are just looking at, oh, this is how much this costs. Or, you know, they're looking at the exterior, you know, the whatever the, what do you call it when you write a program or whatever. But we right. understand what's behind the power behind all of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Very true. And, and, and what's interesting about what you just said, Paula, is that it is a the power behind it is a power that is working for the destruction of mankind. Mm-hmm. That's right. And a lot of people don't even realize it. Yeah, suppose, okay, we, we keep Sabbath, right? But we're a minority, even in the world. We go to go get on worship on Saturday morning, and my computer tells me, no, you're supposed to do this on Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yes, yes, yes. That can happen. Y'all so ready. Or your computer says, I'm going to report you because I know that you're one of those people that that worships on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Your computer. Yeah, it's already set up. Yep. Yep. Which is why a lot of people avoid being online because they feel like Big Brother's watching and tracking. And everybody hates filling out that okay for accepting cookies. It's like, ah, I ain't accepting that. Oh, the problem and the and the problem with people um, not liking Alexa or not logging onto the computer, that's one aspect. But I mm-hmm. asked all those people, do you have a cell phone? Yes. Well, you can forget about the Alexa problem or forget about the computer problem. Your cell phone is with you 24-7 if you care to work, if you got it in your purse, if you've gone to the store with it, it's watching everything. It's all on the cell phone. Oh, and I'm, I'm with you on that, brother. I don't, I'm not good on IT. That's why I reach out to people like Brother Andre. I reach out to uh, Ron, my brother-in-law, Ron. I just got a new piece of equipment. What should I do? Blah, blah, blah. Because the first thing I do is I start turning off certain things, disabling certain things. But I've noticed that Every once in a blue moon, my phone, Google will jump up and ask me, what did you say? Or can I help you? I was like, I turned that off. <laughs> I've, won, I've won an Alexa in like a, some kind of, it was an award for, a reward for some type of sales contest. They always giving us incentives. I've mm-hmm. never let it, they still in the box. But I've just purchased a, uh, a new under-the-counter television that, because uh, like I, I was talking to brother Andre about, I went all streaming to decrease my bill. I'm looking out for my budget, getting the, I've cut the cord from cable, but everything's online. I have disabled, you know, I don't want you talking to my phone. I don't want you talking to my other television, yep. but because, and, and my printer is wireless, but because they all share the same internet, when I turned on that new device, mm-hmm. I saw my phone pop up all my other TVs, my laptop. And I'm like, I'm gonna have to go back in settings and try to figure out how to disable. My calendar is on this new device from my phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is too much. I, I don't like this. Yep. Yeah, they sync, everything syncs together. They constantly asking me, do you wanna sync all your devices? I'm like, no, thanks. No, but I told it no. That's the problem. And, and it's synced no anyway. Way. It decided yeah. you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really uh, interesting how we can see how all this stuff. It was 
will play a so, part. What you say, Karen? It decided you didn't know what was best for yourself, Paula. I, I guess not. I guess not. You need this thing. No, I don't. Yeah. It's interesting how we can see how all this can play a part in the last days. You know, when yes. there's people, like you said, about the cell phones. Again, we like to watch the detective movies. And Lakita had a dream about cell phone usage. Oh, I think cell phones were pretty new when she had a dream or had just came out. But it was about being tracked. You want to tell them your dream? Because we watch these detective shows. And that's the first thing they do is look at your cell phone and see where you've been at. When it's time to flee, you can't take none of this stuff with you. Mm -mm. Can't take none of it with you. Lakita yeah, gonna so tell that, us a dream uh, she had about herself. So that was I'm a bi burner. Some years ago, we were in a time of trouble, Karen, and I was uh, keeping up with Holly, you know. But every time, like we, I was like, okay, we're safe here. Then these people would show up, you know, the enemies would show up, and then we. Run and flee, we get away. And I was contacting Holly, and you know, then um, better have Holly with you. No, she was on the cell phone, so she was in press five, and they showed up again. And then with you, I'm saying, how are they tracking this? How in the law was like, you have to let go of the cell phone. Uh And I told Holly, I said, Well, okay, I said, We can't talk anymore, so I'll see you in heaven. And that was was the end of it, but I had the phone down. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really something they can track you. They can track everything. You know, like if we go to, if I go to, uh, let's say, Walmart, then you're going to get something on your phone and say, how was your trip to Walmart? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. Or, you know what? You know what? It's like, uh, if I want to look up something in Walmart, it knows what Walmart you're at so that it tells you, like, what aisle you need to go look at look at it in. And it doesn't matter. Like I can be at the one at St. Charles and it'll tell me what aisle it is at St. Charles. If I'm yeah. on Lindbergh, it'll tell me, it knows which one I'm at. But it'll tell me what mm-hmm. aisle I need to go to. Yeah, why are you tracking my happiness? You know, you have to ask, why is someone I do not know? And a lot of, if you read the fine print, it talks about his affiliates and all that stuff. I, I have, you know, I'll read a six, a 10 page policy clause mm-hmm. <laughs> and that particular. And, and I'm like, I mean, they're selling, I'm paying a bill, but you're going to sell my information and make money off right, of it. Right. And you're figuring out, and this is marketing one-on-one part of marketing and sales is understanding psychology, but I turn all my stuff off because I don't want to be tracked, but every phone, but they tell you, if you turn some stuff off, your phone may not work right. I turn it off. Right. Every company wants you to download their app and their incentive. Some of them will give a coupon. If you download our app, our app, you'll get $10. I'm not selling myself for $10. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm old school like that. Mm-hmm. But if you notice every company wants you to download that app but with that app that app has tendrils you know it it's it, it stretches out and feeds into other things and it's it's all about we're in the information age and information about each individual is worth something it's a commodity on a level which you and i don't trade on mm-hmm. but they are trading us like trading cards it's going to be used in a time of trouble no doubt 
I mean, that's why wouldn't it be? They got access to all this data. They got access to our fingerprints online. If you ever been picked up by the cops or whatever, everything's out there. And if you put something on the internet, it never goes away. It's always traceable. So it's just a lot going on. It's just a lot going on. And we don't even realize it. I tell you what scared me. I was uh, at the grocery store, which of course, grocery stores are some of the first ones to use new marketing strategy because they got to sell food. And I'm walking down the aisle and then that little coupon popped out, you know, <laughs> the little red coupon box because you walk <laughs> past and it's mm -hmm. you walking past and pops out a coupon. And I was like, what in the world is this? You know, and, and every time you go past one, it gives you a coupon. But then I was in there one day and I was going down the aisle and I looked down the aisle and here come this little robot rolling down the aisle. Yeah. And I'm like, inventory yes. robot. Yeah, the inventory robot. Man, that thing scared me. I went around another aisle. And then he come around the other aisle. I'm like, this thing, what's going on here? You know, when I first seen it, now I know it's counting inventory. But, you know, it's pretty weird because after I figured out, I, I think I asked somebody, I said, what is this thing doing? And they said it's counting the inventory. And so then I got all brave and stood in front of it and made it say, excuse me, or something. <laughs> it won't run you over, it stops, and then it waits for you to move or it say, excuse me. And I was oh. like, this is some futuristic stuff right here. Well, speaking of robots, about the babies weren't even, it was probably more than 15 years ago, I visited Quentin at his hospital. I'm in medical sales, so I go hospital, 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 all over the place. But this particular hospital, you know, they were into um, the new technology because he was there because he had been trained on the Da Vinci to do surgeries. That's a good thing for, for um, that has come out of technology. But we were getting on the, uh, waiting on the elevator and around the corner comes this robot. Now this is more than 15 years ago. A robot that dispenses medication. So they knew Miss Jones needed her medicine for XY condition four times a day in room 606. And it went around dispensing people's drugs instead of a nurse with a card or whomever. And I'm like, how does HIPAA cover that? How can you protect that data? You know, that's your medical information. And this was more than 15 years ago. Mm. Yeah, we got to be careful, watch and pray, pay attention to what's going on around us. Don't just take anything for granted nowadays. Mm. All right, we'll close out. Uh, we had a good time uh, studying our lesson. Continue to read, Karen, where are we at next week? We're in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, Chapter 106. Okay. All right, we look forward to seeing you guys join us again next week. Let's close out with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for an enjoyable time, a fun and informative time that we've had together. We ask and pray that you'll continue to keep our eyes open, help us keep our ears open to your Holy Spirit's presence, and help us, dear Lord, to continue to spread your gospel message in this generation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. Thank you for joining us online also.